Welcome to the Ready, Set, Transform podcast, where you have a seat at the table with CEOs, industry leaders, and tech experts. The topic, business transformation. No sales pitches or marketing talk, just real stories from companies of all sizes and industries. You'll hear business executives' inside view of their company's transformation journey. They'll share examples and concepts that can help you and your business thrive. Get unique perspectives on how leading companies tackle the biggest challenges facing businesses today. Ready, Set, Transform is brought to you by Rise with SAP. Welcome to Ready, Set, Transform, presented by Rise with SAP. And if you're curious, Rise is spelled with all capital letters because it's that important. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, very excited and very honored to be here as producer and host of this brand new series presented by SAP. We have an exciting topic today. All of you around the world who are going to become our loyal fans, our global listeners, will find us of interest and it will apply to you. It's a reality check topic. We're talking about our all companies becoming technology companies. You can sit there and think about it. Uh Aha, what does this mean? So before I introduce my two special guests, if you get to see the video, you'll see them in a minute. Uh, Let me give you two buzz quotes, which is how I love to introduce these shows. I have a quote from Alan Curtis Kay, born in 1940. I call him a young man, American computer scientist, very interesting guy. And here is the quote, technology is anything that wasn't around when you were born. Just let that sink in. You should, everybody should be smiling about that one. Yeah, probably true. Here's another quote, buzz number two from Arthur C. Clarke, author who co-wrote the screenplay for the 1968 film 2001, A Space Odyssey, which is considered one of the most influential films of all time. Here's the quote. Any sufficiently advanced technology is equivalent to magic. And I think in our lifetimes, I don't know how old our listeners are or or my special guest today, but in our lifetimes, we've certainly seen a lot of magic. So uh, one more quote they told me I could use. This is from Douglas Adams, author of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which started as a BBC radio comedy show before developing into a trilogy of five books that sold more than 15 million copies. Technology is a word that describes something that doesn't work yet. Oh my. Okay. So let's talk about what we're going to be discussing today. We live in a world dominated by technology companies. We see new IPOs every month. You may be investing in some of them. Stocks are constantly reaching all-time highs, which keep getting higher. And the number of apps in our pockets continues to grow by the hundreds every year. Count the apps. They are getting more and more. All businesses today rely on technology to deliver their services and products to customers. That's you and me. Tech has become the standard. So small enterprises run their entire business on pay-as-you-go ERP software, one example. Your favorite restaurant probably uses an app to deliver food to you if you're doing takeout or door-to-door delivery. Real estate agents can get you an apartment just like that directly on their website. You don't even have to show up. There's everything you need. There's no way back. And we all know that. However, does this mean all companies are really technology companies? Is tech truly changing existing business models? Or is it simply adding what we'll call a digital layer? How can traditional companies and yours, maybe one of them, take advantage of technology to transform your business? What is business transformation from a technology perspective? 
big questions, important questions, timely questions, relevant questions. And I have two people with me today who are going to help us answer these. So I want you to wave for the camera. We have Terry Hammond at SAP. Terry, thank you so much for joining us on this debut of an exciting new series. And we have Mike Maiolo at Rising. And I'm going to ask them for their thoughts on business transformation and how it creates competitive advantage when technology is infused into all areas of a business today. Our topic, as I said at the opening, is are all companies becoming technology companies? Bonnie D in the house, happy to be here. Terry Hammond, so grateful for you taking the time today. Terry, I'm going to put you on full speaker view here on our video. Would you please introduce yourself to our listeners? Tell them a little bit about what you do, what is your role at SAP, at Rise with SAP, and what's your passion for our topic today? Terry, welcome. Thank you so much, Bonnie. It's such a pleasure to be back here with you again uh, and with Mike again. It's our repeat, uh, our repeat performance. So I'm Senior Vice President and I'm Global Head of Cloud Strategy and Go-To-Market uh, at SAP for Rise with SAP. Uh, I've been in technology for over 20 years. I worked for companies such as J.D. Edwards, PeopleSoft, Oracle, worked for startups, uh, and then ultimately came to work for SAP, I think we we're about 16 years ago. Uh, so I've had a variety of roles. I've worn many hats uh, across those different organizations. So I, I've been able to see, number one, a multitude of different companies I've had the honor to work with across different industries. I've done sales, pre-sales, value engineering, strategy, go-to-market. Um, and, and you know what I'm responsible for today with RISE is really leading a global team focused on harmonizing and unifying the RISE operating model across uh, our, our field, as well as our global organizations, responsible for strategic planning, as well as our overall go-to-market motions. So it is a pleasure and an honor to be here with you again. Thank you so much. And Terry was referring to a previous show on another series where she and Mike were my guests. I think it was in 2020. And I am very glad to see both of you back together to share your wisdom. So I appreciate that. Thank you, Terry. Mike, you're up. Please introduce yourself to our audience. Go ahead. Bonnie, thank you so much. And Terry, thanks for having me here to join you. Uh, my name is Mike Maiolo. and the Chief Executive Officer of Rising. Uh, we are headquartered in North America here in Connecticut. Uh, but operate globally um, in the technology space. Uh, we implement SAP's technology solutions to help our customers gain value through that transformation journey that they're on and Rise is a big part of that. Um, my background, I've worked in manufacturing in my first career and then been in technology for the last 20 or so years. And my responsibility at Rising is lead a, a growth company um, into the future, uh, focusing on our strategic direction bring value to our customers and engaging with our very important partner, SAP. Thank you very much. Terry, what's your passion? I don't want you to give away what we're going to be talking about, but what's your passion for the idea of companies? Am I a tech company? Am I not a tech company? Is it in all my layers of operation? Is it in my business models? Am I or am I? No, I'm a dairy company. No, I'm a shoe company. Am I a technology company? Terry, should everybody be saying, yes, I am? Just a, just a quick insight for everybody listening. Yeah, I think it's an interesting uh, question that we pose because I think companies from 20 years ago were really evaluated on, they were, they were categorized by what they sold. And I think we're moving more into an environment where we're being categorized more by what we do um, than what we sell. Uh, so I think it's, and for me, the passion is um, having worked for technology companies for over 20 years, um, I don't necessarily feel a company needed to have started as a tech company 
to now be considered a technology company. So it, it so interacts with every aspect of our lives, our children's lives. Um, I just think it's a really interesting question that we should pose. And, and how do we manage through that? Thank you. Very, very interesting. They didn't have to start as a technology company, something else. And look where we are today. Mike, your thoughts on that? Is everybody, is every company already a tech company? Do they have to say it? Yeah, I think it's a great question. And to me, I don't think you have to say you're a tech company, but you certainly have to figure out how to use tech to be the best company you can be. Um, I still think that you have to look at what is it you're in business to do. And that doesn't mean what do you sell necessarily. Mm -hmm. It can be what experience are you trying to address. But to me, you have to, in this day and age, embrace the use of technology for innovation, for being as efficient as you can be at whatever it is you're choosing to be. Thank you very much. Thanks both. We weren't planning on that question, but I really wanted to ask it because I I think our listeners are going to say, what, are they really talking to me? I'm not. Well, maybe you really, really are. So this could be a hold up the mirror reality check type of a conversation. Terry, we're going to move into the quotes. For those of you, well, new to this new series, but new, not new, or new to my series, my many series I do for SAP, I always ask my guests to send me a quote from a fictional character from a movie or TV show or a line from a song lyric that has absolutely nothing to do with the topic. And then I ask them to please explain in their own words how they think it relates to the topic. And this is another way of our seeing how they think and how they articulate what we're talking about. So Terry Hammond has sent a quote from an iconic movie, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, all the way back in 1986. It's considered an American teen comedy film. I think it's a lot bigger in importance than that. Ferris Bueller, played by the one and only Matthew Broderick, is responding to a question from Sloane Peterson, played by Mia Sarrow. Sarah, and I will, uh, here's the go. Mia Sarah says, what are we going to do? And the answer from Ferris Bueller, and this is the quote Terry picked, is the question isn't, what are we going to do? The question is, what aren't we going to do? Terry, this is a great quote. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about how does it relate to our topic? Yeah. And, you know, first of all, I never thought I'd be quoting Ferris Bueller, Um, (laughs) but I found it to be so relevant to the topic we're talking about is, um, I think that is the question that is posed now to companies with the introduction of technology and the doors that that has opened for a company is it's limitless. It's, it's boundaryless in terms of what we're going to do. And I, I think that's a question that many of the companies that I interact with, it's, it's something that SAP asks itself is with the capabilities that we have now today, uh, does that do we do we have the traditional boundaries that we did in the past? And if we don't, boy, man, sky's the limit on where we can go. Um, and so that's why that that quote really resonated with me, especially talking about you know rise with SAP as well as are all technology companies becoming uh, are all companies becoming technology companies. Thank you. We get on many of my shows people quoting Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and that's not the quote. Something about, uh, are you going to miss it if life goes by so fast? I was very intrigued by the one you picked. Thank you very much, Terry. Mike Maiolo has sent us a quote from Rocky Balboa, the 2006 film. Everybody knows Sylvester Stallone played Robert Rocky Balboa, the Italian stallion, in various iterations over his lifetime of the fictional character. And in this particular scene, Rocky 
Rocky is speaking to his son, Robert Balboa Jr., played in this movie by Milo Ventimiglia. And here's the quote. Should I try to do it in my best Stallone voice, Mike? Is that okay? Absolutely. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get it and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. <laughs> Mike, rescue me, please. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> talk, talk to me. <laughs> so to me, first of all, absolutely love the Rocky series. And I love the quote. And, and part of what made it relevant um, it's not directly about technology, but think about the journey we're all going through, um, pushing forward post-pandemic or back end of pandemic, if you want to look at it that way. And the analogy could be those punches we all took personally and in business uh, related to the pandemic, a real test to see uh, what our character was all about, how we would keep pushing forward, how we'd take those punches, and how we would find our way into the future. Um, so it, it's been a struggle in many ways, uh, but I think we've all learned a lot about ourselves as companies, um, and we've figured out that winning is about being able to take the punch and move forward. It's not about avoiding the punch. Very interesting. And yes, we are how many months into the pandemic, into COVID-19 and the, the second wave, if you will. Here we are recording the show in late September 2021, and companies that got back up or refused to sit down and count themselves out are still in the game. And that leads me, thank you both for the very interesting quotes. I appreciate the work you did. That leads me to the part of the show we're going to get into our formal roundtable discussion here. And I'm going to pick a statement from each of you. Uh, they graciously sent me, Terry sent me statements and Mike sent me statements. I'm going to pick one from each of you. We'll go back and forth. So Terry, I've got one teed up here, statement number one. I'll read a little bit in a minute, but just so the listeners know, Terry will unpack the statement for about three to four minutes. And then I'm going to ask Mike to agree or if he dares to disagree with what Terry said. But Mike, this is about your thought leadership. So whatever you say, say, just join in, just say something. And then I'll go back to Terry for a response to Mike. At that point, I'll have picked a statement from Mike and you will unpack it. We'll go back with Terry and let's see how much ground we can cover. So statement number one from Terry, a little bit at the top, I will start with robust technology, regardless of what your business does, is essential to remain competitive. All companies today, regardless of industry or geography, and this is especially important, Terry, because our audience is going to be global around the world, are faced with similar dependency on technology. Terry, unpack this for us, please. Absolutely. Um, and I think it's the crux of the question of are all tech, all companies considered technology companies? And, and from my perspective, we're playing a different game than we were 10, 20, or 30 years ago, Bonnie. Um, we can look at companies in any industry, any geography, um, or a customer segment, and all of them are relying more and more on technology to be successful. And it could be uh, ERP that they're using to run their financial processes. It can be the apps where consumers can buy their products, or it could be their overall presence on social media channels. All modern companies leverage technology to remain competitive. That's the norm, and it's no longer the exception. Um, uh, in preparing for this podcast, I, I read an article uh, on Harvard Business Review, and it discussed how different companies, like even a, a pizza restaurant and a bank, um, they chart their path to success by investing heavily in technology in early 2010. Um, the un they understood that 
offering a great product or a service was no longer enough to ensure success. And if they really wanted to win, they needed to look at other business areas such as customer experience, uh, product distribution, uh, employee engagement, and technology is the answer to face those challenges. And they invested very heavily and became leaders in their industry. Um, and by the way, that pizza company's stock out wound up outperforming Apple and Facebook for many years. So it shows the, the net impact of embedding this into the overall strategy for any company. And I think one of the biggest drivers pushing companies to invest more in technology is our own society, especially younger generations. Uh, they were born in front of a computer, for lack of a, a better analogy, um, or a mobile phone. And in many cases, uh, you know, it, it changes the game for, for companies when they can engage and draw those individuals in in the manner that they want to experience that company um, and, and in terms of the overall digital experience that a company can deliver. Uh, so anyone born in you know, the 2000s, they're now entering the workforce. Their expectation is to have the apps and the systems uh, allow them to get as much work done as possible, um, higher than any previous generation. And for example, when I started working way back when, um, we had to learn whatever software was available and we had to adapt to the systems that our companies were providing us. And this digital transformation is really changing the game in that respect. You know, so for me, it, it's, it's all culminating to this point of, you know, companies are faced with more and more, they are what they do, right? Not what they sell. So that was my perspective. Thank you very much. Very interesting. A lot of unpacking there. Mike Maiola, join us. Agree or disagree? And Terry told me it's okay if you disagree with her. She'll still like it. Well, that's good to know. There you go. Uh, However, this time I will agree um, and with a slightly different view. So I I think Terry's points were spot on. And, And I'll use the pizza company analogy to kind of go a little bit further with my response. Think about it. Pizza is not that complicated, right? You've got a handful of ingredients. It's about buying those ingredients well, combining them in the right way to make a great pizza, and then getting it to your customer wherever they may be. But the part that's really complicated has to do with the two things that that Terry hit, the employee experience, their expectations, Mm -hmm. the way people consume data as employees now has changed uh, what a company must serve up in terms of technology to deliver that data and, and to train people and and, and provide the apps that they're so used to using to affect their, their everyday life. And then the same with the customer experience. It's just not about receiving the pizza on time, hot and tasting good. It's about, is there a survey that asks me what I want to see different or what did I like? What did I not like? And it's on an app. And it's there, the point is, even the simplest business requires a ton of technology to be the best at what you do. Thank you very much. I love the examples. People say, yeah, pizza, I could relate to that somewhere at some point. Terry, anything you want to say back to Mike? And Mike, I'm putting your discussion statement in the chat for you. Terry, anything back? No, spot on. And, and, and at least on this point, I think uh, Mike and I agree. Um, and I think <laughs> Ooh, I, we heard I can't that. guarantee later on. I can't okay. guarantee later on. <laughs> 
Fair enough. Thank you very much. Mike, I'm going to your statement number one. This is interesting, and this is maybe very telling for some of the people listening in the audience. Mike says, no one is saying, let me buy more technology. Rather, what they want is to be a best-run business. There was a point in time when businesses were each developing their own customized solutions. That time is past, or Mike counsels, it should be past. A business should be able to focus on what brings profitability. A lot to talk about. Mike, I'm putting you on speaker view. Talk to us, please. Thank you, Bonnie. And, and listen, I'm being somewhat tongue-in-cheek about the comment that no one's saying, hey, let's go buy more technology. The fact is they need to go get technology to innovate, but it's not simply about buying technology because it's available or because we haven't bought technology in X number of years. It's about having to fulfill a journey that you're on. And, you know, there's a lot of books on American capitalism that talk about, are you as a publicly traded company in business to provide value to your shareholders, an opportunity for your employees, or value to your customers? My answer is all of the above, because you are measured on your ability to drive shareholder value, but you can't do so unless you're taking care of your customers and understanding how to bring value to your customers. And so the technology role in all of that isn't, like I said, just because it's time. It's because if you want to be the best chicken manufacturer or whatever business you're in, you have to keep up with the pace of technology and use it to innovate and to provide an opportunity for these hungry employees who are seeking a different experience than they were when Terry and I started in business. Thank you very much. Terry, thoughts? Join us. Well... From, from my perspective, um, I have to agree and disagree a little bit. Um, I, as a technology company, I, I would hope companies would continue to buy technology and, and buy software. But I do agree wholeheartedly with Mike's position in that I don't think companies are seeking to invest in technology just to say they did it. Um, my, my perspective is they want outcomes. Right, and using technology to solve business challenges will help companies become more profitable, more efficient, help them drive better product and services. And each time a company is implementing a new technology to support, um, there should be a business objective behind that decision. So agree and disagree at the same time. Uh, would love them to keep buying software and technology, but also, you know, agree that it should be outcome focused um, to drive real business results. Thank you. Mike, turn anything back to Terry you want to say? I'll just state the obvious. We, we need them to buy technology so that we have a business to take care of, but as long as they're buying it for the right reasons. For the right reasons. Thank you both. Terry, let's go to statement number two from you. This is interesting. and You've got a great example. You say companies that have a business model oriented around technology should consider themselves to be a technology company. A common comparison is made of Tesla and traditional automotive manufacturers. I'm going to stop there and let you finish this sentence, this thought. Terry, go ahead. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the way I see it, uh, what a company does really defines what it is. Uh, suppose your business model is built around uh, technology, meaning that it will be through technology that you'll enhance your customers' lives, uh, ensure success of your business. In that case, you can call yourself a technology company. It doesn't matter if you are building cars or selling actual software as we do at SAP. If technology touches every area of your business, in my opinion, you are a tech company. I'll use the example of Tesla versus the traditional automotive companies. 
While Tesla was born as a tech company and off offered cars heavily dependent on technology, the same was not true for Ford and GM. Uh, there was, of course, a lot of technology involved in the development of those first cars. Still, the car companies didn't have a business model that was orient oriented around technology. Their technology was packed into the vehicles as everything else was. And then why would we want to buy a car? Why would we want to go visit a shop when we need repair? Um, and I think it is brought to the forefront that change in perception with regards to, you know, as, as we stated before, traditionally companies were evaluated on what they sold. Now it's moving more to a model of, you know, they are what they do. Um, and we also don't continue to evaluate companies based upon where they started. And so I think that, you know, another example of this is, you know, is Amazon. You know, years ago, they stopped saying uh, they were a retailer and began to define themselves as a software company. For them, mm -hmm. it was about what they were doing as a company instead of what was in the box that they were shipping every day. And I definitely see Amazon as a tech company. And maybe talking uh, about ourselves at SAP, we were founded almost 50 years ago by leaders who had a vision for the business and potential technology. It's cool and exciting that we call ourselves a tech company since day one. But in our half-century journey, we've also helped thousands of companies improve their technology capabilities and to evolve their business. I really like the posing that question to say, you know, are all tech all companies becoming tech companies? Um, to to Mike's earlier point, I don't think we need to. They need to actually call themselves a tech company. But I do believe we have to recognize that the introduction of technology has caused every company, no matter what they do, no matter what they sell, no matter where they started, to um, recognize and uh, realize how much technology has brought uh, a huge competitive advantage to their business model. So that was the, you know, the impetus of, of that statement is I think, you know, as we look at these different companies and how they have really pivoted their operating model around the doors that technology opened for them. And it really allowed business model innovation for them to um, introduce to drive their growth agenda and their growth strategy. Because it makes you think, had Amazon not really pivoted away from being just a retailer, would they have achieved the success that they have today without really embedding you know, technological advantage into their operating model? Books, 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 right? That's what we were, that's what we were doing with them back in the day, and now it's everything. Mike? Chime in, please. Agree, or if you dare to disagree. Go ahead, Mike. Mike I'm going to dare to slightly disagree, and it's going to look like I'm splitting hairs, but hear me out on this, guys. Sure. To me, I don't think a company needs to call themselves a tech company. And I'll give you a couple examples, and I'm going to start um, with Ryzen. We are a services company, and I want to define who we are based on the experience that we deliver to our customers. But we can't do any of that without technology. We're heavily reliant upon technology to run our business. And in fact, we're in the process of investing heavily in technology to become a better rising or rise with SAP because we happen to be using SAP um, to go down our technology journey. But we're using that, te that technology to get the experience we want. And we, let me explain. Our entire goal was to run our company more efficiently 
so that our employees could spend more of their waking time with customers delivering value. So are we a tech company or are we a tech-enabled company? I would argue it's tech-enabled. Interesting. Terry, what do you think? Back from you, back to you, from you to Mike, what do you think? <laughs> it's like ping pong. Yeah, yeah I, I, uh, I, you know, and I appreciate, you know, the differentiation there. And, and I don't think by um, posing the question, are, are, are all companies becoming tech companies that we're really saying every company now has to call themselves a tech company. I, I don't think, I don't believe that they, they need to, but I think they, part of this discussion is to recognize uh, what technology uh, brings and the evolution that is possible of their business model to not be constrained like they were in the past. It's like all of this is even challenging um, how we do industry classifications of companies now um, in terms of like, where do they fit? It's, it's, it's blurring the lines between historical classifications for companies. And I think that that is a very powerful change that has been introduced that has allowed companies to really pivot. Uh, so don't completely disagree with Mike, but I don't think by recognizing the technological impact that they necessarily have to say they're a, they're a tech company now. Interesting. I, I have the sense from listening to both of you that the so-called splitting hairs, as you prefaced your remark, Mike, Mike, I think this will be valuable to the companies who hear and view this episode because they might be grappling with this. If they sit down at the C-suite at the table and they say, who are we really? What are we supposed to call ourselves a tech company? I'm thinking of a company that serves pizza, going back to pizza to its, let's say they bring in the best pizza in Brooklyn, serve it to their employees as a, as a company paid for lunch once a week. Do they, are they a food services company then? Are they a pizza company then? Are they a, a dining room company then? No, they brought in the pizza, but that's part of what they do. I'm, I'm, I'm splitting the hairs even further. But the point is, yes, it, the tech enabled sounds to be about right, but we're going to continue our conversation. Mike Maiolo, I'm looking at your statement number four. This is interesting. Take us in a slightly different direction, which is very important for our listeners. You say businesses need a partner to help unravel the very complex decisions involved in moving to the next generation tech platform on the cloud with real-time analytics and predictive capabilities. It has to be able to meet unique business needs. Partners are forming the bridge between technology expertise and the industry. Mike, unpack, please. Very interesting. First, let me define how I'm using the word partner, because um, companies that are innovating and moving across the technology platform to, to drive uh, value to their um, end consumers, they, they need partners in many different ways. And I don't mean the traditional partner, like you have a software company that has a partner, Rising's a partner of SAPs, but I mean, there's a whole group of people and companies and SAP is an example. SAP can't just sell technology. They have to partner with the company that is consuming their technology to say, what are you trying to do? And how do we help you shape the vision for what the future is gonna hold for you as a company based on the technology we have and the processes that go with it. So that's where this sort of group of, of, of partners becomes really valuable to the end consumer, which is one, you have to pick the right technology. Two, you have to think about what's the best way to use that technology to become a best run business, whatever business you're in. And part of that is 
calling upon years of experience, seeing other companies innovate and, and come up with best practices around how that technology works. The other part of it is technology is transforming so quickly that you almost need a partner to translate where are we now and where are we about to go so that I can make real-time decisions about what the future holds for me. How do I invest in the technology? How do I use it the right way to get where I'm trying to go? And for us, SAP happens to be that partner because they're helping us use their technology to make rising the best rising we can be. Thank you very much. Terry, join us. Thoughts? Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I agree with most of what uh, Mike has said. And, and I also want to reinforce that while I think um, companies can be defined by what they do or what they work with, I, I don't necessarily think that they have to develop uh, all the software that they use. Companies will will need technology to run their finances, recruiting, distribution, and other critical activities. Um, I would also agree that um, we have the we need the perfect blend of combining technology and business expertise. Um, you know, Rise with SAP, for example, was born out uh, based on those two pillars: bringing together technology um, and business process. Uh, you know, um, expertise. So, uh, agree on, the, on this point. Thank you, Mike. Anything you want to say back to Terry? No, I just I agree, and I just would add that it's the confluence of technology and process that really is where the difference is made, and and that's why I like the concept of Rise with SAP because it's not a technology pure play, but it sure is based on great technology. There you go. Talking about tech, let's continue. By the way, if you're just listening, if you're just tuning in, this is a brand new series. I'm very very proud to produce and host. We are calling this one Ready Set transform presented by rise with sap my very special guest on this debut episode if you're just tuning in you missed a lot of good content so go back to the beginning we have terry hammond at sap and we have mike maiolo at rising so let's continue the conversation terry we're going to look at your statement number four now this is interesting you say the future of work is heavily impacted by the blurring of the lines of every company becoming a technology company. I'm going to stop there and let you tell us the rest of the story. Go ahead, Terry. Yeah, and it's um, it's an interesting uh, perspective that I think has actually been um, amplified uh, by the recent you know struggle that um, everyone faced with COVID, both companies and and individuals, and with more companies becoming an. Uh, recognizing the impact of technology on their on their operating model. Um, one of the uh, uh, biggest challenges is actually finding the right people to build your team and also to ensure that they are equipped with the technology to drive the outcomes you expect. And, and let me give an example of, of what I mean by finding the right people. Uh, it's not news that software developers are high in demand. Certainly it's something to do with, you know, that it's one of the reasons we're having the discussion we are today is, as more and more technology uh, permeates every aspect of our life and our businesses, um, as we see today, uh, more companies evolving and transforming. Uh, you see fashion companies are hiring software developers. Food chains are hiring developers. Media companies are hiring developers. These companies are trying to prepare for the future and ensure that their teams have the digital mindset uh, to really help them uh, thrive going forward. And they want to find the right people to support their vision of the business in the years ahead. And having the right team is really fundamental for companies that are transforming into tech companies. 
But another vital piece is ensuring your company is equipped with the right technology. Uh, the right technology to grow your business, to innovate, to achieve excellence, to bring your team together uh, no matter what the situation is. And, and I'm talking about things such as implementing a modern cloud ERP to support your most critical business processes, introducing robust technology uh, and uh, uh, apps to better serve, uh, monitoring the feelings of your customers, your employees, your vendors. Uh, many business challenges, if not all, uh, can be tackled with the use of technology and companies have to invest in that technology uh, when they want to be uh, considered you know, tech companies or not. And, and for anyone who's listening to us, if, if business transformation or digital transformation is not a hot topic in your company, I strongly recommend that you, know, you Google the name of the show, uh, you know, Rise with SAP, and it offers a clear path to help your company achieve digital transformation, but it also helps you begin to tackle some of those leading indicating questions you should be asking yourself as a company. Um, you know, how do we get time to value, flexibility, you know, um, and it's, it's, uh, it presents a real opportunity and, and something that we have noticed for many companies is um, the whole word or concept of transformation sometimes is a scary, it's a scary word for a lot of companies. Um, and we have to remember as, as we look at, you know, the evolution of our, our business models, you know, transformation doesn't have to be some, you know, huge effort that takes, you know, 10 years and hundreds of millions. You can start small. It's about the journey. Um, and I think for me, you know, with, with this talking point, you know, the journey that we're all on is hugely important. And what we have to make sure is that the pace of technology continues to accelerate. We have an obligation to bring our people along with us. We have an obligation to make sure that our future workforce is ready to step into the demands of the, the high-tech uh, requirements that we all will have going forward. So for me, it's the, really the merging of technology and the workforce and the fact that you know, it, it requires you know, thought, investment, um, and we all have to get out in front of it because, as I said, there's extremely high demand for a finite set of resources. And this, again, goes back to the question of, is every company a tech company? Because as retailers hire developers, food companies hire developers, you know, that's why I was saying that line is blurred um, and we're all in competition for that same set of resources. Very, very interesting. Mike Maiolo, join us. Thoughts? Lots to talk about. Yeah, and I have to agree on this one. And, and part of, there, there were several themes in what Terry was sharing with us, but the, the one I want to focus on is people. The experience that our employees require is changing rapidly. It, it began to change with the digital world that uh, our, our younger people were coming into the workforce with expectations on apps and technology being routine in their lives. You know, people like me needed lots of training to use any technology. Now my kids are born using technology and can understand how to use an iPhone probably at age three, um, if they're slow to get there. But part of my comment <laughs> is we, um, we have to use technology so that we can make the experience of our employees as good as it can be 
and to take some of the mundane tasks that they're used to doing away from them so that they're challenged more because it's an expectation they have, and for us to get them uh, in customer-facing activities more and more. So an example is it's not just about having a, a technology that creates an invoice efficiently and effectively. It's about taking tasks that are repeatable tasks, and we're using robotic process automation to take those repeatable tasks, take them away from an employee, and have it done using technology so that people can focus on doing things that are more fun, more challenging, and more to their, their liking. Because we're, we're all facing a talent shortage for lots of reasons. Terry commented on a couple of them. But for us, we've got to really be different and offer an experience that's different or it's tough to recruit, for sure. Thank you very much. Terry, anything you want to say back? I think, uh, I think it presents a, an interesting challenge uh, for everyone. And especially, you know, the fact that technology is so native uh, to these these younger generations, and they want us to engage them in the manner that they want to be engaged, that's familiar with them. Um, and I think it presents a, a real opportunity uh, going of just the limitlessness of technology in the future. I think um, in their hands, uh, things are really going to really going to take off. I remember not too many years ago, when there was a, an automotive company, I don't remember whether it was maybe GM, maybe it was, maybe it was Ford Motor specifically, started allowing employees to bring their own devices to work, BYOD. And the question was, if you let the employees bring their phone, their smartphone, whatever that smartphone was, it was years ago, uh, would they be putting any proprietary apps on that phone? But also, would they be happier operating at the level they were already accustomed to in their own life as their private per- as a private person as a consumer as an everyday person in a culture that accepts technology in your hand and that there was a barrier the question was would other companies follow suit and say sure bring your phone sure you could work from that phone and i i think that line has been blurred so many times that i don't know terry anything you want to it's just a sidebar but i'm curious terry and and then mike anything you want to say about that no, and I, I think, um, I mean, who would have imagined uh, even two years ago that almost, uh, you know, 80 to 90 percent of the world's workforce would be working from home? I mean, who, who would have thought, I mean, before everybody was like, "Wow, my goodness, you know, you can't do that. They have to be in an office. You have to be watching them. You have to, and just the, the sheer ability of how much technology had already been in place that enabled so many companies to still run uh, with their workforce sitting at home. I think it was um, an absolute, you know, eye opener on what the possibilities are going forward. Um, and, and who would have thought it? I mean, just, just a few years ago that we'd be, you know, the, whether you're using a, whatever digital platform or Zoom or you know, just the fact that that kept teams mm-hmm. working, teams collaborating, um, and and what we would have done had that technology not existed. I think the world economy uh, would be in a far different yep. situation than it is today. So I uh, completely agree with you on, on how it's really yeah. impacting. And you're right. That was the next frontier was don't just bring your device to work. Stay home, use all the devices, use the technology and work. Right. That was the frontier. Mike, thoughts on that one? Yeah, I'll just add that if we hadn't begun that journey already, 
Terry's right. Um, companies like ours who are delivering global technology transformational implementations um, used to do most of that work in person. And we had started using technology to figure out ways to do it more efficiently, more timely, and globally without having to travel globally. Um, but I think that what we're headed towards is a bit of a hybrid because I think the complete remote is a challenge in many ways. Part of what's missing is the experiential bit and the relationship piece where you get to know someone over time and not only can address the problems they tell you about, but can anticipate what the ones might be in the future. So I think we'll capitalize on this change and we'll figure out how to stay remote and do a lot of the things that we can do very efficiently remotely, but then we'll have a percentage of our time back traveling because I think some of it's needed. Thank you very much. We're just about ready to close. We have a few minutes left. So uh, I was going to read your statement number six, Mike. Let me just introduce this briefly. You say we're all, and this on the theme of future work, we're all challenged by the great resignation and recruiting talent, the challenge now. People are no longer interested in just working for a good company. They want to work for a company that will solve problems efficiently, effectively, and do things with the same mindset and values as them. Any qu- quick comments on that? Where are we heading with this, Mike? And then Terry, and then we will do our we'll do some predictions. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, and, and the great resignation is a terrible phrase, but sadly true, and, and happening you know globally where people are changing their goals of what they want for their career. Yes. I think the pandemic accelerated that. I think the digital age accelerated that, but here's my takeaway. My biggest challenge as a CEO is to make sure we're clear on what problem are we trying to solve? And are we putting our best people in a position to solve that problem efficiently and effectively? And are we using technology in the right way to give our employees a great experience, to give our customers a valued and great experience? and to make sure that we're evolving so that we can train people and continue moving down the path of of the journey that we're on, which is, again, based on technology, but is really primarily focused on being the best company we can be by making sure our end customer is happy with what we're doing and our employees find it a good and challenging place to be. Thank you. Amen to that. Terry, anything you want to say before we wrap up? Yeah, I think it's an interesting view, and and I agree. Uh, It is probably... um, the most significant driver helping us to overall reframe the fundamental question of what can and can't we do? And it goes back to my, <laughs> my Ferris Bueller quote, like it isn't what we're going to do. It's what we're not going to do. Um, and we're in a world where we could approach the same challenge from so many different angles. Um, while a company can be trying to figure out the best way to change car oil after 3000 miles, another company might be working on the future of transportation. Um, and whether that involves a car or not. I mean, think about that. And Bonnie, to go back to your point about the, you know, bring your own device. Um, you know, we can be talking about does our future transportation even involve cars? And I think that's an incredibly mm-hmm. exciting time to be in. We are indeed in an exciting time. I'm going to ask you each a crystal ball predictions question very briefly. Our topic today is are all companies becoming technology companies? If we met again, One year from today, it's just about the end of September 2021, so let's say heading into Q4 of 2022, Terry Hammond, would we still be asking that question? Would anybody want to hear the answer anymore, or will we know a solid answer? What do you think, Terry? I think it will continue to be a question that we we try to address over, over the next several years. I think it has been an interesting paradigm shift. 
Um, and I think we will continue to evolve and, and struggle with it going forward. So I don't think we'll have it solved in a year, but I look forward to the debate. Thank you. I like that. Fighting words. That's provocative. We like that. Mike Mayolo, what do you think? Uh, I agree. And I think that we're going to continue to ask the same question, maybe a little differently, because I think you could substitute the word innovation for technology. Are you an innovation company? I think that um, kind of bringing together the two quotes that we, we brought out there, what we're not going to do is stand still and take those punches in the face. What we're going to do is innovate and change the way we do things so that we can be more efficient, more effective, attract the best talent, and grow companies because that's where people want to be, both customers and employees. Thank you. And I'm going to add back the quote I opened with, one of my buzz quotes from Arthur C. Clarke, who co-wrote the screenplay for 2001 A Space Odyssey. I always lower my voice when I say the name of that movie. And the quote was, any sufficiently advanced technology is equivalent to magic. So I would say let's keep being fascinated with what technology can do for us. Let's keep thinking of innovative, that's your word, Mike, creative ways to use it to better our companies, our businesses, our goals, our outcomes, our employee experiences, our customer experiences, and the world. How about that? Terry Hammond, it's been such a delight, and I've learned so much from you. You speak, I listen, people listen. You have so much to say. Thank you for sharing your insights, your wisdom, your knowledge. Mike Mayola, the same exact thing. Really appreciate your taking time. And I want you to both put your hands together and let's applaud the gentleman who came to me and said, let's do this series, Ready, Set, Transform. It's Lucas Escuto at SAP. He has worked tirelessly along with me to get this launched. Lucas, I'm very proud to be the producer and host and very honored that Terry and Mike have taken time to be with us today. And a shout out also to Sherry Ann Meyer at Rising for supporting Mike's appearance. So let's say goodbye. This is the first episode of many to come Find us on Voice America, the business channel. Bonnie D. Graham signing off. Everybody wave. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Ready, Set, Transform, presented by Rise with SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments using the hashtag Rise with SAP. That's R-I-S-E-W-I-T-H-S-A-P. Or email bonnie.d.graham at voiceamerica.com that's b-o-n-n-i-e dot d dot g-r-a-h-a-m at voiceamerica.com please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on the business channel we wish you a great week 